Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a Monday edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and joining me as always on Mondays is Jason Cameron. Hey, buddy, how are you? I am doing great. It's a a beautiful day. The weekend was gorgeous. Uh, I love it when the sun's out. It's great. We have been blessed uh, for the past week or so. The weather has been phenomenal this weekend. It was just so warm and humid out. It just feels so good when you're out there. Uh, I took advantage. I went to the park, played lots of sports. I uh, had a nice barbecue last night and and had some beers, watched, watched a bit of sports. I, I PVR'd a lot of stuff so I could watch it in the evening and uh, not uh, not take away from my day. So, uh, But yeah, another great sports weekend as always, but uh, it's hard to be inside when it's, uh, when it's this beautiful out. Of course, of course, man. When it's like this and the, the weather's out and you can see spring is in the air, it's time to go out, man. It's time to enjoy the sun. Yeah, no, we're, uh, we're blessed always uh, to be uh, here on the west coast of Canada and Vancouver, lower mainland area. Uh, you, you know why you love living here when the, the weather's like this. Um, let's hope it continues for a while. I uh, hear it's supposed to continue most of this week, so uh, let's take advantage. We'll... Uh, We'll do this podcast today. We'll get ourselves back out there. Uh, I, um, man, I love these three-day weekends. Uh, you've been off for a few weeks, so lucky you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're going back to work. Uh, you know, for the bank account, but uh, you must have been just loving this time off. I did. I certainly did. It was great to recharge the batteries to get some real proper good rest. And now that I've had all of that, I guess it is time to take care of the bank account again and get back at it. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the bank account's always calling, uh, starts dwindling down. You got to fill it back up. So uh, there's lots to talk about. We've got UFC. We've got some NBA to talk about, a little bit of NFL and uh, some boxing. Uh, I don't know if you caught the card on the weekend there, but um, there was um, quite the strange, weird, bizarre card that happened in Atlanta uh, this thriller they're trying to put on these cards they're adding these rappers and uh, music stars uh, there was even a slap fight <laughs> and thrown in the mix um, I don't know man it's just it's uh, trash TV I watched it but I did with cringed eyes I was like oh what the hell is this uh, it's it's kind of embarrassing the way they're putting these on and I'm not really enjoying them i guess i'm watching it uh, just so that i could speak to it on these ca- uh, podcasts but uh did you catch any of it no 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 i didn't um here's the reason why here's why i'm gonna say it um what was what's the name of that show where the dude was raising tigers or something like that like tiger king it, yeah, was it- you're right tiger king that was right at the beginning of the pandemic and all of a sudden everybody was watching it and everybody's like what why are we even watching this thing yes exactly so that's what that reminded me of tiger king that's what that reminded me of like i looked at that and i thought to myself that's boxing's version of tiger king i think i'm good and then i did not watch it so right but i i i i, I know what they're trying to do but for me personally for the integrity of boxing I'm surprised boxing is allowing it to happen, to be honest with you, because it kind of shows the whole integrity of the whole boxing thing out the window. You kind of already know it's corrupt. You got that part, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this is this is this 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 circus is something totally something different, and it, it's I don't I think it does the sport a disservice, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know about sanctioning. I'm, I'm not sure how they go about it. Uh, I mean, you know, I've seen boxing fights where it's, you know, blue collar guys, guys that just train in the gym, but they normally go to their day jobs and, and you'll see it, but it's, it's not televised. It's, you know, three rounds, you know, exhibitions, uh, but they're getting sanctioning. They're having guys walk into a ring and they've never done that in their lives before. And they're suddenly thrust into a spotlight. Uh, it's it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. I I couldn't believe seeing Frank Mir in there, and he's a, a legend in the UFC and mixed martial arts, but he's never had a boxing fight in his life. And suddenly he's on this four fight card. 
I'm like, wow, like they have to be stretching really, really far to, you know, find guys. Um, this Jake Paul is calling out Ben Askren, who's never been in a boxing fight in his life. And he, his career flamed out heavily once he joined the UFC. And uh, it was, yeah, I, I really am disappointed in myself a little bit for watching it, but <laughs> But uh, when you have a podcast and people are talking about it and it's, you know, out there, you, you feel a bit of an obligation to put it on. It was on the smallest screen I have. I had a bunch of screens going on with a lot of the other events and games and stuff, but, but it was still on. Um, I couldn't believe how much music was happening. Just rapper after rapper after rapper. They even had Bieber there. They had Doja Cat. <laughs> they had uh snoop they had ice ice cube they had a uh too short they had a bunch of guys um it was just i'm like uh, what am i watching here is this a is this a concert or is this uh, a, a sporting event i just don't know then they pulled out the slap fight which was crazy and ridiculous <laughs> and oh man just so many things were just like wow this is just embarrassing this is pretty pathetic like why are we doing this and 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 supposedly ben Askren made two million no he made one million dollars for one minute of of action so um this is going to continue because you know if i can if i can go out there and not even perform and get a million dollars uh why wouldn't why would i say no and this jake paul he's looking he's thinking he's the you know champion of the world and he's fought guys that never have fought before he's calling out chumps at tomato cans and he started calling out a lot of people after this he got cocky and i saw this list of names and all of a sudden i thought jason cameron he's called out my co-host <laughs> holy cow okay so you're on the list but there was dc's on the list daniel cormier he started calling out daniel cormier you fat, washed up, no good. <laughs> he's said same crap like this. He's he's calling out Connor. He's calling out tons of guys. Uh, uh, man, this guy is ballsy and crazy. But I can't believe he's been able to pull this off. Uh, just being a YouTube star and then suddenly get into boxing. But he's beating guys that have never fought ever before. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and also too, like I, I guess, I guess that's where he, that's where his cockiness, that's where his arrogance is coming from. Which is, I can beat people that have never boxed before. This is fantastic. This is great. But here's the thing that I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still beside myself. How is he making money? How is he doing this? I do not understand how these these brothers are making money off of these events. I don't get it and it's and this is not a small amount of money like you just said Ashton made a million dollars for a little bit of time that's the, that's probably the most he's ever been paid mixed martial arts or anything else or any fight ever so with that being said you would think to yourself you got to be an idiot not to take that opportunity right but at the same time man if you're going to be a part of this 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 sideshow this circus i don't know it's, it's, I guess, yes, money talks, but integrity also talks. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's something that I, like I said before, I think it does the boxing world service. And it just, it's, it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It really is. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Uh... Uh, Frank Mir came in uh, 276 pounds. He outweighed his opponent by 70 pounds. Uh, this is Steve USS Cunningham. Uh, Cunningham had a you know decent career, 29 and nine. He was the USBA cruiserweight champion back in 2014, 2015. Uh, supposedly he fought another guy that was 73 pounds heavier than before and won. Um, but it was just ridiculous. Uh, Frank Mir does not know how to box. Uh, he, he, he didn't look good at all. Uh, Tyron Woodley was in the corner of Ben Askren. And I'm like, oh, no, uh, Askren's <laughs> done now. This is it. Uh, Tyron Woodley, he's so done. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't uh, excited about, about it. Um, 
Snoop Dogg, uh, once, once the main fight was over, uh, Jake Paul ran up and started talking to the guys on the panel, and Snoop kept yelling, Dana, where's my money? Where's my money? He just kept yelling it, yelling it over and over and over. I, I don't know if they had a bet. I, I don't know where he was making this call from. Uh, Pete, Pete Davidson was on the, the, the panel. Uh, he said, oh, my God. I got to call my manager. I've sunk to a new low when I'm on something like this. Uh, and he just kept smoking weed and he was blowing it right in, in Al Bernstein's face almost the whole entire night. He just sucking on huge and just blowing it right in Al Bernstein's face. And, and he was, Al Bernstein was the only legitimate boxing person in the whole entire night. Uh, but, uh, I heard Nate Robinson made two million for his, you know, few minute display and getting absolutely knocked out. Uh, Jake Paul, you know, must have made more than yeah. Ben Askren made, uh, but somehow, somehow they're getting a lot of people entrusted. I was so shocked. Chuck Liddell was in the crowd. Uh, they were, you know, I said all they had all these stars uh, in the rap world and and music stars, but. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, let's let's please stop Triller from doing this. This is uh, yeah, really giving boxing a, a bad name, and um, yeah, it, they shouldn't be sanctioning uh, fighters that have never had a fight. You know, at least have some amateur fights, guys that have been in the ring. You know, know what the game's all about. Uh, but to get these washed-up mixed martial artists and get you know, guys that are YouTube stars and stuff like that. It, it's just, it's just wrong. It's just absolutely wrong. And you're right. It's the tiger king of boxing now. Yeah. It, it like, it literally is because for me, when I watch boxing, I want to see the best, the best. I want to be entertained. I want to see skill at it, at its highest level being performed. That is not it. <laughs> That's not that. That is not that at all. So but at the same time, like I, like I said before, it's a circus, it's a sideshow, and people want to see that. People want to see Tiger King, so people want to see that. So there's a niche market for it that I guess in, I'm going to actually say this, I really can't believe I'm going to say this, in the Paul Brothers' genius of trying to get to that low-hanging fruit, they got it. They managed to get it, and they're getting paid, and it's ridiculous, but they're doing it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're good promoters. I uh, got to give them that. Uh, they're probably pretty lousy human beings, but uh, good promoters. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe next time I'll just say nope, not watching it. We're not talking about it. Yeah, move on. Let's go. Uh, let's get to the real fighters. Let's get to the real sport right now. UFC had another great card put together. We've got the middleweight main event between Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum, basically the title eliminator, the challenger that's going to have to go in and, uh, and try to take the, the, the belt next time. Uh, Whitaker was a step above Gastelum in this one. Uh, super impressive performance, a five-round decision that wasn't even close. Um, it was just complete domination. And uh, I was a bit surprised, but uh, Whitaker has really shown he, he is a top competitor still. Oh, yeah, man. Like, how about this? Um, now that it's cemented and he's won, that Adesanya is not facing the same guy that he beat. That, to me, is abundantly clear. Because Castellum is a very good fighter, and he had no answers for what Whitaker was bringing to him. Nothing. Like, even, even in his takedowns, like, Whitaker just took what was given. He didn't force anything, which I was super impressed to see. He was always a step ahead of Gastelum took what was given, and even his takedowns, Gaston has excellent takedown defense, effortless, because he, he was able to gauge it properly every time on his takedowns and put him on his butt and keep him there for the round. It was, it was as master class for Whitaker that I've, that I've seen. Like, it was, I was super, super impressed. Yeah, so was I. Yeah, it was so masterful. What a great performance. Uh, Bobby Knuckles was just throwing the perfect combination, staying out of trouble, great takedowns. 
takedown defense, uh, everything that he could have done. Well, he, he did it at an elite level. And uh, yeah, he has really, really honed his craft. And uh, man, it was just uh, such an incredible performance. Uh, they were supposed to fight um, in 2019, uh, but Whitaker had a, an abdominal injury. Uh, he went in uh, and had to have a little bit of a surgery to, to fix the problem. Uh, and I think, um, you know, back then maybe they were more neck and neck, but Whitaker has definitely risen his level of performance um, way up. And uh, yeah, I, I look to see another rematch between Adesanya and Whitaker coming up. Uh, hopefully the UFC can put it together really soon and uh, maybe three, four months uh, we can get to see this, the, the title uh, and get to see a, a second rematch between these guys. Yeah, yeah, it because it, it's pretty obvious to, I think, everybody that saw it, that Whitaker's number one, gets his rematch. And also, too, Adesanya was already tweeting out after after the fight was done. But I love Whitaker's mentality, which is, yeah, he can say what he wants. He beat me. But you can see his extreme confidence of, well, he beat me once. Doesn't mean he's going to beat me again. <laughs> so... I, I, I look forward to it. I really do. I look forward to seeing the tw the subtle, like the, the things that Whitaker will now bring into the, into the octagon against Adesanya. And what Adesanya saw in that fight is going to prepare so that he's ready for a counter, an effective counter against him. Like, yeah, I'm super, I'm super excited because it's going to be a chess match. What I expect to see in that rematch is exactly what I saw with Whitaker and Till. Complete chess match, as high level as it gets, and guys trying to set feints and traps for the other guys so that they walk them into something. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. Super excited. Um, yeah, it was, it was a fun main event and uh, the Reaper uh, has, has definitely shown he's, uh, he's legit and ready for another a shot at the, the belt. Um, the co-main event had a heavyweight battle and I've got a huge announcement to make. Andre Arlovsky was in this fight, and Andre Arlovsky's last opponent before this was Tanner Bozer, and he's going to be a guest one week from today on Complete Sports Media's podcast. We've got Tanner Bozer. Uh, it's going to be before you and I do our next Monday podcast, so I'll be able to tell you a little bit of the inside uh, scoops and things that have happened uh, on that podcast, and uh, yeah, really excited. Uh, We've become big fans here at Complete Sports Media of Tanner, and we were really thrilled that he agreed to be our upcoming guest a week from today. That is fantastic. That is awesome news, man. I, 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 I look forward to hearing about your interactions after you're done, like because that is, that is fantastic. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, he's scheduled to fight uh, Eler Latifi on June the 5th, which is actually my birthday. So uh, kind of a double bonus for me. I get to see our, our you know, famed uh, MMA guest, uh, the the uh, great heavyweight champion, the uh, mullet man that uh, comes from Alberta, the, you know, the great Tanner Bozer, who has come into the UFC 2019 and, and really lit it on fire has had some big knockouts and has faced some really tough competition and has looked really good in the UFC. And uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm really thrilled and excited. And this is, uh, this is going to be great, great, great Monday to look forward to all week. Uh, we're going to be excited here. Oh yeah, man. Like that's, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Like I, I, oh, I, I'm super excited. I, 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 I'm super excited, man. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear what you said when he asked. I'm I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, viewers and listeners, if you have any specific questions, anything that you want to me to ask him, uh, please uh, send us your questions, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best to uh, respond to all those. Uh, let's talk about Andre's fight um, on Saturday night. Uh, he fight he faced the Vanilla Gorilla Chase Sherman. And um, Arlovsky looked fantastic. The Pitbull, 42 years old. He's still really relevant in this heavyweight battle. He keeps facing these younger guys and a lot of these uh, up-and-comers. And, and uh, yeah, he was really on point, very, very accurate with his strikes, kept uh, Chase at distance, and 
made him chase him around and uh yeah was able to grind out a really really significant win even I, like i found that he really frustrated um sherman with his footwork and it's just his side-to-side movement because he was never stationary not for too long like it it was to me it was pretty clear to me that he's using that veteran savvy of his let me get this right 52 pro fights that he's had and with all of that experience it just seems like he's a lot more patient in there comfortable like where he's just like okay i've gone through this before i've done these motions i know what i need to do with this guy and so what he did was that he was just used superior footwork and frustrated him with his uh defense keeping away and then going in when he needed to do, throw his punches right it was was really really well done by Arlov. yeah no it sure was um he has been around forever. He was the champion uh, back in 2009. And uh, he has the most wins all time, the most fight time, uh, more than five hours in the cage. Uh, he has the uh, second most significant strikes in UFC history. Uh, he has uh, just, yeah, just fought everybody pretty much that you can name. And, uh, yeah, had a really, really fantastic uh, career. 35th UFC appearance. And um, he's still going strong. Uh, yeah, it's uh, super impressive. Uh, I cannot believe all the people that have retired and moved on to other careers uh, since um, he, he's been, you know, in, in there. I think uh, they said something like UFC 28 was his first appearance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, man, it's been a long, long time. And he's... He's actually still winning fights, and uh, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be impressed with a guy like this. Uh, Forty-two years old, and uh, yeah, still fighting these young kids and doing well. So, good on you. Way to go, Andre. Uh, still, still, still at it. So, uh, okay, let's talk about the middleweight fight between Jacob Malkoon and Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Uh, it was uh, quite surprising. Uh, Al Al Hassan is just a beast. He is so tough, so powerful. Uh, but Malcolm really, really, really realized that he didn't want to stand with him. Uh, he was taking him down. He was grinding him the whole entire time. Uh, he was able to land a lot of takedowns and put Alizan on his back. And uh, really huge win by Malcolm. I was super impressed by his performance. Yeah. Big win, and basically what he did with Alassane was he drained the tank. He knew that that guy has way too much big power, so why take the risk? I'm just going to wrestle him, and I'm just going to keep wrestling him and keep wrestling him. And then you could see that as round upon round wore on, Malkoon got stronger, and Alassane's gas tank was emptied more and more and to the point where now he's not even trying to try to get up anymore off the mat, right? Like, he just... When you're that big, you have that much muscle, I, I, I almost feel that you actually have to train even harder for your cardio to be where it needs to be. And I don't think Al Hassan put in the work to make sure his cardio was where it needed to be for that fight. You know you're getting into the octagon with a wrestler, and you know that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to wrestle you. So with that being said, you think that your cardio should be up to snuff for a very, very hard and grueling fight, but it just wasn't. And that's why he lost. Uh, Malcoon is a training partner of Whitaker. So that camp had uh, two huge victories on Saturday night. Uh, he, yeah, it was super impressive. Uh, I love the nickname Mamba. Uh, we, we think about Kobe when we hear that. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. He had uh, great single leg takedowns. Uh, really, really just ground, ground out a huge win. And and good for that camp, um, getting uh, two huge victories in the last three fights um, on the night. So, uh, yeah, good on them. They uh, they probably celebrated well into Sunday morning. So it uh, must have been fun, I'm sure. Uh, why don't we talk about the women's flyweight fight? Uh, super impressive performance by Tracy Cortez. Uh, she had a victory over Justine Kish in the women's flyweight uh fight uh, uh cortez is now on an eight fight win streak and um, really good grounded pound uh, was able to get some amazing takedowns she had five minutes and 44 uh 
five minutes and 44 seconds of ground control time and uh, really good on strike advantage. Uh, she just was the superior fighter that night. Yes. Even though it was, it was oddly a split decision win. So I, I kind of had Cortez winning, but uh, she definitely won it off her grappling exchanges and she won it off her top control. That's what won her the fight. And Kish made it, made it a go in the third round. Like she, she really did. And like both ladies were obviously in incredible shape. It was a very, very good fight, but Cortez did pull it out with her superior grappling. I'm glad you mentioned the split decision. There was maybe like four or five uh, on the card. Uh, and I, I would like to see, uh, I should have spent some time to try to break down which judges were the ones that were giving, you know, the split decision on the, you know, the one fighter. It was kind of weird. Uh, that was more split decisions than I've seen in a really long time, especially on one card. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was, I was super surprised by how many split decisions there were on this particular card. Cause I was just like, Oh, another one. Oh, okay. All right then. But I, I didn't, I don't know. I, I watched the Cortez Kish fight, obviously. I just didn't see where Kish won two rounds. I, I did not see that. I did not see what that other judge saw. But then again, there's a lot of times where I don't see what other judges see. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> true that, true that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was strange. But, um, yeah, the, the real, uh, you know, the real winner won this fight. And uh, it's good that, that they didn't give it to the wrong fighter. So, uh, okay, the uh, opener on the main card was Luis Violent Bob Ross Pena. He had the fight against Alex Munoz. And, um, yeah, it was, um, this was a great battle, uh, a really impressive battle. Uh, I'm mostly impressive with um, Pena's ability to just seem calm, confident. Uh, he can go in and out, have the strikes. Uh, even though he endured a lot of calf kicks, uh, it didn't seem to diminish his abilities, uh, the way his movement was. Uh, he, he impressed me. Uh, even though, yeah, he did take a little bit of abuse, he still was the better fighter, in my opinion. Yes, and and then for this particular fight, again, another split decision win. This one made more sense. I'll say that <laughs> right away because Munoz, like, this was a close fight. This was a close fight. Munoz had his uh, had his had his spots where he was very effective at his counter punches and stuff. But like you said, Violet Bob Ross was. A sea of calm in there. He he never he never got flustered, never got frustrated. He was just always focused on the goal at hand, which was to win the fight. And I would say that definitely striking tad bit better than Munoz. Like I think I think he I think he definitely led the dance on that for sure. And just he was just I, I felt like he was just a step ahead against Munoz especially in the later rounds when, he, when it really began to count, second and third rounds. Yeah, so great, great win by Pena against a very, very tough opponent. Very tough opponent. Yeah, no, Munoz is no joke, and he uh, you know, really took it to him. Uh, I think he was just a step behind quite a bit of the fight and uh, yeah I you know I think the uh, as I said the the fight before the the real winner came out in that but yeah another split decision um Pena said he was rusty wasn't super impressed with his performance hadn't fought in 10 months he said but uh yeah a, a victory is a victory uh they were supposed to originally schedule the fight in February of 2020 so they had both trained for each other before which I thought I could uh, notice because um, they were both on point. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good battle, a really tough battle. So it was fun to watch. Uh, let's turn to the prelims. The featured prelim fight was uh, two big boys. Um, heavyweight battle between Alexander Romanov and Juan Espino. And uh, man, uh, these guys were, uh, yeah, these guys, it, it was cool because it's two grapplers facing off each, against each other. Uh, it's not something that we see all the time. They usually try to pit a striker against a grappler and see who's the better. But these were two guys that had a ton of submission history, a lot of really good uh, submission wins in their careers. 
And uh, it was just going to be the battle on who was going to be able to to do that. And uh, Romanov ended up getting the decision win. Uh, how did you see this one? I saw this as well, just a big man fight. <laughs> yeah. Two big men just going at it. But also, too, it was very strategic because the, a lot of the fighting went up against the cage. And then whoever was able to win that part of the fight was going to win the fight, period. Because then they'd just get the advantage of, on their takedowns and all that other stuff. And which is what happened with Romanov. It was very unfortunate, though, that the fight was called because of a low blow by Espino with, uh, with an, an, an accidental knee to the groin. But when they showed the replay on that, oh, man, I would not be getting up either. Fight's over. <laughs> but Romanov... Yeah, that, was, that was tough. Yeah, he... He seemed like he was in just excruciating pain. And uh, yeah, it just, it looked like, yeah, he just, he said he couldn't move his legs. He couldn't straighten his legs out. He was just suffering. He was screaming in pain. And uh, yeah, they just decided they had to go to the judges' scorecards because it was so late in the fight. Uh, it was a minute and a half into the third round. So they had already judged two rounds and they decided they would judge that one minute of that, um, of that third round too. And Romanoff, uh, won the split decision there. Um, yeah, it was a hell of a good fight. That's too bad. It ended up that way though, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is too bad. It is too bad. But I thought at the end of the day, Romanoff did do enough to win that fight, even going into the third round. I thought he was actually beginning to start to pull away from Espino. Uh, but it's just it just kind of sucks that it had to end on that note. And I hope that Romanov is OK, because that knee did not look like it was. Uh, it looked like it hurt a lot, like a lot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It made me think that something serious could be wrong. And uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that he was able to get to the hospital and uh, he's able to you know, recover fairly soon uh, this is a big guy he has to cut weight to 265 a huge 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 man uh Juan Espino he's a tough guy he was the winner of uh, the ultimate fighter 28 he's 40 years old and um yeah he's uh he had a five inch reach advantage coming in uh only lost one fight in his career and uh, yeah I was really looking forward to seeing both these guys square off uh yeah it's unfortunate that it ended a little early, but um, yeah, uh, let's, as I said, let's hope Romanoff is, is going to be okay health-wise because, uh, yeah, it looked, uh, looked scary, and uh, yeah, he was in a ton of pain. Uh, the women's fight, the, sw the strawweight fight between Jessica Penne and Lapita Godinez was really cool. Uh, I'm going to try to get the Lupi uh, as a guest. Uh, she's a local girl. She fights out of Titan MMA in Coquitlam. Uh, she was uh, born in Mexico and her family fled Mexico, came to Canada here, uh, went to Vancouver and uh, was has been raised here. Uh, she decided she would get into mixed martial arts and has been trained locally here, made it into the UFC. She was 5-0 going into this fight and uh, was the favorite. But Jessica Penne, um, she had a four-year layoff Coming into this fight, she hasn't won in seven years in the UFC, and she came in, made a huge, amazing comeback, and got a victory. Uh, good honor to uh, spend uh, the time to get herself back and get a victory in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, she was. It was pretty impressive, man. She was kind of like an anaconda on Godinez. Godinez, I'm gonna go with Godinez. So she was an anaconda in there, and yeah. uh, continually after the first round, second and third round, continually got her back all the time. But there was at points in that, in that fight where the, the commentators were both mentioning, and I noticed where she would actually be completely on top in the front of Godinez, where she could just do a ramp, Quentin Rampage Jackson slam, right? She never did that. I don't know why she didn't do that. That was her opportunity. Because you can knock a person out doing slams like that. But she never did it. She did things where she chucked her to the ground, but she never did the huge slam to really give herself an advantage. And I think it was a, just a missed opportunity. And because of that missed opportunity, that's why she lost the fight. 
Yeah, it was strange. Uh, she had that opportunity. She was she was like a backpack on her at times in the front yeah. and the back, and she uh, had opportunities to throw her down. Uh, she did throw her down on a few occasions, but mm -hmm. but not a slam like that. And uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was just a bit of a grappling advantage for Penny. I could see in, in a lot of these exchanges. Uh, Godinez is a small little girl. She's only five foot two. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, a little bit of a disadvantage there at times, but um, Penne came back, uh, as I said, from this long layoff. Uh, she was actually suspended from USADA uh, for a doping violation. She fought the doping violation. It took her a few years, but they finally actually dropped all the charges. Uh, they said, no, she uh, was innocent. Uh, it was the mistake they made, uh, but it, it did uh, sit her out for a few years of her career. And uh, yeah, I, I'm really uh, disappointed to hear uh, that somebody had to fight some charges that they weren't guilty on and, and, and you know, sucked a few years away from her career. Now, here's a question. It's because like that is their fault. So what's the compensation for that? Because you took years out of that, that woman's career and you were wrong. So I wonder, is there a recourse for fighters once they win something of that magnitude? Because this is, this is your livelihood. It's how I make money. It's how I put food on the table. And since you were wrong and you took away my livelihood, there should be some sort of compensation for that. Because if USADA says they're always going to get it right, then always get it right. But if you get it wrong, there's got to be something that has to compensate the fighter. Because you were wrong. You were super wrong. All right. Like, so what, what's, what, how are you going to rectify the situation? Because let's be honest, it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. It's already happened once. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I would say a lawyer's got a right to, you know, sue them and, you know, state that she was making this amount of performances up until this point and she made this amount of money and, you know, legitimately she should, get some compensation and, and, you know, your name too, your reputation. A lot of people, as soon as they hear doping, uh, boom, they're guilty before proven innocent. And, you know, all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, there's, they're a cheater and they don't deserve to be in the sport anymore. And so, you know, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, you know what they should, they should be held accountable and, and make, you know, some financial contribution to her for sure. Yeah, because if you're going to hold the fighters accountable, clearly, because that's your job, so then you should be held to a high standard as well, because it's your job to not get it wrong. That's your job. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel that if this, if this is a continuing thing, then something's going to have to be resolved, because it's, it's going to get to a point where somebody's going to say, well, obviously, I guess I'm going to have to take the UFC and new side of the court. So hopefully it doesn't get to that point. Hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, let's let's hope uh, we see Penny back in the cage really soon. Let's see the Vancouver product. Lupita Godinez back in the cage only has one loss in her career. Uh, shouldn't be too much of a setback here. So, uh, OK, why don't we talk about the middleweight fight between Gerald Mearshart and Bartos Fabrinski? Uh, Mearshart got 50k for his victory. Got the guillotine choke two minutes in. Uh, he had his sixth UFC submission, and he passes Damian Maya and Talis Leitis for a new UFC middleweight record. Um, six submissions. Uh, pretty impressive guillotine choke to take him out in two minutes. Yeah, and it was even more impressive that he set it up as he was being taken down, because Fabinski must have had a a brain, uh, like, uh, a brain malfunction for a second there because Mearshart, that's one of his go-to moves is the guillotine choke. So you think that you would be, you'd be prepared for that and know that if you're going to entry on a, two, uh, on a double leg or a single leg, you got to worry about your head positioning because of the guillotine choke. Forgot about it. Got choked out. <laughs> yeah, put himself in a bad position. <laughs> and uh, yeah, had to, yeah, 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 had to suffer a submission loss it was uh yeah it was a impressive performance but yeah you're right he made a mistake uh, go going into that and 
and Mearshart's known for it. So, uh, yeah, you would have thought he would have spent a lot of time making sure he wasn't going to make that mistake, but uh, too big of a mistake to make to get out of it. Yeah, exactly. And it was, and once he clamped it on, it was tight. It was tight. Then he rolled it over and then he readjusted subtly. And then once that was in, I, I believe he put him to sleep. So Fabinski went out on the shield. That's great. But yeah, but he still lost. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, two more fights to talk about. Uh, Austin Hubbard uh, got the decision victory over Dakota Bush. Bush was making his UFC debut. Uh, he came in on one week notice, just late notice. Um, he was a champion in the LFA promotion. Uh, Bush came out uh, on fire, really, really trying to take out Hubbard early, but uh, Thud uh, really uh, decided to just weather the storm, keep calm, and uh, really showed his superior veteran savviness and was able to get a, a big victory uh, here. I was impressed. Yeah, I was impressed too because uh, basically, again, there was that uh, that weathering of the storm because Bush did come out like a like a house on fire, and so he just had to weather that storm. And once he did, and I think uh, I believe this was Bush's first appearance in uh, in the UFC. So there, also too, there's those first time jitters, and then also too, like so when you have those first time jitters, now you you expend a lot of needless energy, right? And so, and I believe that's what kind of happened to Bush because all of a sudden you could see that he slowed down significantly in rounds two and three. And then that's where Hubbard took over and uh, that's how he got the win. And he, lo he looked great, by the way. He really did. He looked really good. Yeah, I was impressed. And, and uh, yeah, good performance. Uh, start off the night. Uh, bantamweight, uh, bantamweight performance by Tony Gravely got him 50K. A big KO win over Anthony Burchak. Um, Gravely is known for his wrestling. Uh, usually uh, tries to take guys down and grind them out. Uh, but he had some relentless pressure. And it was his first KO of his UFC career. And uh, also getting 50K, first fight of the night. Kind of amazing. Uh, you, you never, you don't see that too often because there's so many fights to happen. Uh, but 50k uh, bonus for him, I was pretty happy for him. Oh yeah, you must have been a very, very happy guy. And also too with the KO, the way that got it was the, the consistent pressure against his opponent. Um, looked great, looked fantastic, and man, he definitely deserved 50k because I believe, yeah. yeah, that was the best knockout of the night for sure. Yeah, no, that was the best knockout of the night, and. Uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah happy uh, happy that a young guy like that can get his uh, get his money, get his uh, his check, get his win bonus, and get fifty k. Man, that's probably going to change his life. So good on him. I, I'm I'm happy for young guys when they can uh, change their life and uh, make. Usually, usually they have a second job uh, when they're first getting in, and uh, now he can just make miss, mixed martial arts his job and uh, we'll probably see a lot better performances him in the future too. So, uh, okay. That puts a wrap on the fight night. Whitaker Gastelum, uh, fun card, but next week's card is the big one. We're really excited about. We've been anticipating for a long time, the rematch between Jorge Masvidal and the champion Kamara Usman. Uh, Masvidal said it's going to be a completely different fight got a full fight camp. Uh, I think he's right about this. I just don't know if he has enough to beat Usman, but uh, what are your thoughts? Definitely going to be a different fight. Indefinitely. I'm kind of with you. I don't know if he has enough to beat Usman because Usman is probably trained the hardest for this fight because there's real animosity here. They don't like each other. It's fantastic. It's great. Once a little bit of motion gets involved in the fight. So I'm, I'm expecting five round war and, and they're, and they're going to go toe to toe for the whole five rounds. It's I, I, it's going to be glorious, glorious. I'm super <laughs> yeah. looking forward to it. I know. Yeah. Super looking forward to it too. Yeah. It's going to be great. And I'm glad, I'm glad Masvidal is getting another opportunity. It was a little unfair having to, uh, 
come in. I think he had six days notice, had to cut 22 pounds immediately. Uh, said he was just completely depleted and just didn't feel good at all. So, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, what a full fight camp. Uh, he's going to, as we said about the Whitaker and Adesanya rematch, you know, they're going to be able to both look at each other's tapes and change the game plan, uh, find little weaknesses, little things that they can exploit. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure Masvidal and his camp at ATT are really going over uh, the best way to beat Usman. Uh, not a lot of uh, good tape on people that have done very much against Usman, but uh, yeah, I think we'll see a completely different fight this time, though. Oh yeah, no, indefinitely. Like, like, how could we see something reminiscent to what we saw before? Because, like you said, six days to prepare, have to cut damn near twenty-five pounds. Not all of that is not happening. None of that's happening now. He has a correct amount of time to train properly, to his weight cut properly, to be at the peak of his powers once he gets into the octagon. I'm, I'm, I'm super looking forward to it, man. I think, personally, this might be Usman's greatest challenge. This might be his biggest challenge to date since having the belt. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay, there's uh, two other championship uh, fights on the line um, uh, on Saturday. Uh, the women's strawweight fight has the champion Wailing Jang against Rose Namajunas. Uh, yeah, this this should be a great battle as well. Uh, Wei Li really uh, emerged a couple years ago on the scene and really was able to show her superiority. Uh, Rose has had some uh, ups and downs, but uh, yeah, really impressive in the last couple years. Uh, I think this should be a really good fight. I just think the champ possibly has more. I think the champ definitely has the has the power on her side in this fight, I think Rose is going to have to use her speed and accuracy to its utmost to beat the champ. Because the champ is, well, she's really good. <laughs> she's really good, man. And But but Rose showed heart against her in the second rematch against Andrade. So she can take a punch, man. She can take several huge punches. So this is, this is going to be a good fight. But I think uh, the path uh, for victory for Rose is to keep her distance and to be super accurate, pinpoint accuracy, the entire fight, the entirety of that fight, or else she's not going to have it. Uh, okay, you got the floor. Valentina Shevchenko uh, having another title defense against Jessica Andrade. Uh, you've said to me before, uh, your favorite fighter in the UFC, uh, you get to see her. She's going to get the chance to perform. She's uh, an amazing, amazing fighter, and I, I look forward to seeing her again. Yes, and here's the thing. I think the only way Andrade could possibly win this fight is if she did what she did to Rose, does some huge gorilla slam and slams her on her head. That, that would probably win her the fight, but here's the thing. Shevchenko will never be put in that position. So you can... That's not going to happen. Sorry. So... But that being said, I, I, I'm going to be honest, man. I, I don't see too many paths to victory that Andrade has open to her against Shevchenko. Shevchenko is literally second best woman in the UFC as a fighter. Only to Nunes. Barely. And that's it. And so she is so far ahead and above uh, her, her other opponents in her weight division that I just... I don't know, man. Like it, it, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think this might go all five rounds because Andrade is incredibly durable, but I don't think she wins. I don't. I, she might not even win a round. I'm going to even go that far. She might not even win a round. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah, it's probably. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be another dominating performance by Shevchenko, and uh, yeah, we'll see her reign continue. So, three title boats. Uh, incredible card. Uh, there's also a middleweight fight between Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. Anthony Smith and Jimmy Crute uh, start off the night on the main card. And then we've got prelims. We've got Alex Cowboy Oliveira facing Randy Brown. Uh, we've got uh, you know another uh, great four fights on the prelim card. And we've got Vancouver's own Tristan Connolly. 
facing Pat Sabatini. Can't wait to see Tristan again. Uh, we remember how amazing it was seeing him here in his USC debut against Michelle Pereira and the uh, incredible win he got. Uh, one of the greatest goosebump moments for me, just hearing the crowd roaring, seeing him moving on and on and on, getting, uh, getting the better of Pereira and getting that victory. Uh, great to see Tristan back into the, uh, into the cage here. Yes, it is fantastic to see him. I hope, I hope that both of us have the opportunity to see him a couple more times this year. Hopefully that does happen for him. And also, too, that, that fight where he fought Pereira, that was David versus Goliath. That literally was as David versus Goliath the fight I've ever seen in my life. You think to yourself, there's no, there's no way. He can't win that fight. There's no way. But he pulls off the, like a stunning victory, a stunning victory against a man that he, I don't believe he was supposed to beat, beat. He wasn't supposed to win that fight because he was incredibly undersized. And on top of that, Herrera is huge for that division. He didn't even make weight. So he's literally two divisions above where he actually fights. Two weight divisions. That's, that's, that's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing Tristan fight again. I, I'm super looking forward to it. And uh, The cool thing is Tristan call, called his shot. Uh, you can look online. Uh, he had a an interview a couple of days before, and he said, yeah, I'm, I was excited to see the, the matchup, uh, even though he's bigger than me. Uh, he does all this crazy dancing, and he you know, ends up tiring himself out. I'll just wait until he's tired out, and then I'll beat him. And uh, that's what he did. And uh, yeah, the, the crowd was definitely in Connolly's favor because he was a hometown boy, but I think the antics of Pereira, the way he was jumping and dancing and doing all the capoeira stuff, I think it, you know, really didn't sit well with the crowd. And uh, when Conley came on and, and beat him, it was, uh, yeah, just the, one of the loudest cheers I've ever heard live in my life. It was impressive. Of course, it was impressive because it was, it, it, like I said, with the eye test, you're like, oh, that, that guy's got no chance. <laughs> No chance, man. But he came in with a very, very good game plan, knowing, okay, the guy likes to have fun. He likes to put on a show for the crowd. But within all the nonsense and the fluff, he's just going to tire himself out. And I'm just going to get down to the work of winning the fight, which is what he did. So there's uh, four fights on the early prelims, four fights on the prelim card, and then five fights on the main card. So we've got a lot of great fights to break down next week. Uh, I do want to actually turn back to uh, last week's card uh, just briefly. Uh, did you see the shoving match uh, that happened between Jakar Close and Jeremy Stevens at the weigh-in? No. Okay, Missed well, this, those guys were supposed to be the co-main event, and uh, they had a shoving match that happened uh just as they were, um, yeah, as they were facing off after the weigh-in, and uh, Jakar Close ended up suffering a uh, he, he ended up suffering a concussion and uh, some injuries, and they ended up having to. Uh, oh yeah, he got uh, severe whiplash and a concussion. Uh, the doctors um, diagnosed him with that. Uh, it was uh, really unfortunate. They said he was severely dehydrated uh we've talked about uh brain injuries a good possibility when you're dehydrated that bad and uh the uh pushing match happened and uh it it ended up uh, causing the fight to not happen it was pretty bad that's that's got to be a first right <laughs> where they get into a shoving match and then somebody gets injured in the shoving match that's got to be a first for me to hear something of that magnitude but also, too, it really puts a spotlight on the fact that once you do that to your body, you are so susceptible to injury, it's not even funny. Like, especially immediately after, once you do the weigh-in and you got your weight, and then you're supposed to fight. But now, yeah, that, that might be something that obviously we've talked about before that UFC will have to reconsider again, because that's just not supposed to happen. 
you know, like you should be able to play to the crowd and do your little shove, but you're not supposed to get injured off that. No, man, that's not supposed to happen like that. Yes, he uh, woke up fight day. He said he felt super disoriented. He was throwing up. Uh, they went to the hospital. He got a CT scan and was diagnosed with a uh, brain injury and uh, concussion. And so, yeah, I feel really bad about it. Uh, you know, we've talked about the, uh, uh, the health problems with these weight cuts. Uh, and now, you know, we see something even, you know, exacerbated even more. Uh, we, we have to make some changes and, you know, protect these people. They're human beings. Uh, we, you know, we don't want to see severe brain injuries. We don't want to see deaths. We don't want to see, you know, people losing their career over this. And another example why, yeah, the, it's not good cutting this much weight, uh, being uh, able to be injured by just being shoved and, and pushed during a, a, a stare down, uh, you know, uh, you know, imagine, you know, if he was that way in the fight, uh, he could have been, you know, severely brain damaged. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like if, if once if he steps in the octagon and he's still at that, uh, he's still disadvantaged, his body is still like that. Yeah, he's actually probably lucky that he didn't do that, that he did not step in the octagon because the amount of injury that he could have suffered because he's fighting Jeremy Stevens, by the way. Yeah, that, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Okay, well, uh, yeah, let's um, let's put an end to the UFC talk for this week. Uh, can't wait for next weekend's card. I'm super excited about it, and it's going to be fun to break it down with you uh, next Monday. Uh, why don't we uh, talk about our partners and sponsors, and then we'll get into some NBA talk. Uh, I'm going to just uh, share our uh, partners and sponsors screen on our website, and then I'll talk about our our partners there. Uh, here we go. Share. Nope, I'm not seeing it. So uh, (laughs) that happened last week. I don't know uh, why I'm not seeing that. But anyway, uh, let's talk about Anchor. They've been a great partner and sponsor for Complete Sports Media. Uh, Been fantastic for posting on multiple podcast platforms. You go to anchor.fm and follow the details there and you can start a podcast. They call themselves the easiest place to make a podcast, anchor.fm. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance and value. And as always, the V350 stick is a stick that you need to get in your hands if you're a player. Hampus and Possibilities, they design and sell dried florals to floral arrangements and installations. They're designers of handmade West Coast things at very reasonable prices. And Forever Living, the aloe vera company, they grow and manufacture aloe vera based products for health and beauty so thank you to our partners and sponsors and uh yeah super uh appreciate them uh go to completesportsmedia.com and you can purchase products at discounted rates and find lots of details uh okay nba now uh lots to talk about in the nba um the thing i kind of want to talk about right away is steph curry and how much he's on fire right now. I've got a new Steph Curry shirt here. It's a little blurred out by the sun. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, Golden State Warriors stuff. Uh, Man, is this guy on fire right now. If the Warriors had a full complement of their their talent, had Klay Thompson back, I think the Warriors would be battling for top of the conference. Right now they're battling just to get into that play-in round, but... um, Steph Curry, once he came back from his bruised tailbone, he's been scoring 30, 40, 50, 60 points. And he's just been shooting the lights out. It's been so fun to watch. Uh, Just incredible to see this run that he's on. And uh, he's putting himself back into the MVP conversation, even though the Warriors are way down in the standings. Yeah, yeah. I I think I saw a stat. There was a 
there's three games somewhere there where he hit the most amount of three-pointers, period, in a three-game span of 29. Wow. 29 threes. Like, like even when I heard that, I went, this guy can't be right. So you hit like 10, 10, and (laughs) 9? Yeah, no, that's exactly what he did. Went 10, 10, and 9. Like, it's it's amazing, this run that he's on. And then there was um, a a couple games back where he he finally – he passed the, uh, the late great Wilt Chamberlain for scoring leader for the Golden State Warriors. He needed 19 points to pass him. He did that in the first quarter. Quarter. <laughs> yeah. He just wanted to get it over with. It's like, ah, yeah, you know, I don't want this to be a focus for the game. So I'm just going to score 19 in the first quarter. So it's over. And he does that. And they yeah. finished the game, I believe, with 53 points. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's on fire. You're right. We did, we did our last podcast just on the eve of that night, and uh, yeah, 19 points behind him, and he just went out and just did it in the first quarter. Yeah, and and the incredible thing is, he usually plays only about 30, 32 minutes a game. Steve Kerr uh, doesn't like to wear him out, so he gets these 40, 50, 60 point nights in 30 minutes a game. Uh, if you know he played like some of the other superstars, the minutes they play. I would just be, you know, witnessing, you know, some incredible records. Uh, he has, he has 20, uh, 20 games in the past few years, 20 games where he scored 10 or more three pointers and the rest of the league has five uh, combined. Uh, so yeah, he's still the best shooter of all time continues to show it, even though they're very understaffed. Uh, Warriors are a fun, fun, fun team to watch. And, and Steph is just still, um, yeah, just still the man out there. He's incredible. Yeah, and I love the fact that there is going to be the play-in games so that we all get the opportunity to see more Curry exploits as he goes along. And I just want to see just how, how long he can keep it up, what he can do. Like, he's just, he's literally going to have to put on the Superman cape every game. and But he's clearly, he's capable of doing it. So let's see what he can do. Like, I, I'm just I'm just excited and I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that we now have these playing games so that we can see people of that greatness, even though his team is not up to snuff, but we're still seeing great players play in these playoff moments. I just got an alert on my computer here that my battery is... Uh-oh, 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 <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. 